Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 189. I am Nick Morowski, and this is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, we are on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV. We've got a Facebook fan page, and you can now check us out on our YouTube channel. Just search Good Guys Talk Back. A uh, lot to get to this past week. Uh, some very uh, lethargic, lifeless baseball. However, the San Diego series wasn't too bad. Sox have three games left uh, in the season, and of course, uh, the biggest story is the Tony Larusa a potential announcement of him retiring. So we are going to make some predictions and talk about uh, his second tenure and who could be coming in as the next Sox manager to break everything down with me, my co-host and dear, dear friend for many, many years, lifelong diehard uh, Sox fan. Pat Hester, hello, sir. Nick, it is uh, fantastic to be with you. I thought we would just spend the next... 45 minutes or so just polishing up each other's resumes. Uh, there's going to be an opening on the South side soon. You and I, you know, know just as much as any other, uh, you know, potential candidate that's never managed before, like a Jim Tomei or, or others that have no experience that we'll dive into later on in these lists and lists and of people that are going to get uh, possibly interviews. And, and it's Jerry's world. We'll see where Jerry wants to go this time. Yeah, I, I really hope there is a true managerial search. I know I'm not the only one thinking that way, but it has been a while since they have done it. Uh, yeah, we'll get into all that managerial stuff. And, you know, it's speculation, uh, but it sure feels like coming from Bob Nightingale, it's going to be the real deal. And there'll be a Tony LaRusa announcement on Monday. Uh, as we record here, uh, Sox are 79 and 80. Uh, they are in second place. Uh, they just wrapped up a series out on the West Coast in San Diego where they took two of three from the uh, playoff-bound Padres, and the Sox are home now uh, with a three-game series, uh, last three games of the season against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I, I guess there's something to play for, you know, uh, maybe some pride to finish over 500, uh, maybe finish in second place, uh, you know, Give the fans something to get excited about maybe these last three games. I don't know. Uh, have you been consuming a lot of White Sox baseball over the last week, Pat? Very, very little. I'd be a complete liar if I sat here and say I've been, you know, tuned in every second of the day, uh, you know, in every hour and in every inning. You know, it just hasn't happened. Nick. Every I mean, second I, every of the second, day. Every just, second of the day. I watch it replays nonstop. I, well, hey, welcome to my world this season. That's you. Uh, that that's we, we sure. Hashtag yeah. we've got a man there. That's yeah. Nick Morowski's job. <laughs> He's got it. Oh uh, my he'll god! Do, he'll just do it for me. That's why. That's why you're. Yeah. That's why God made you. Mm -hmm. No, thank and you. And he made me the way I am. No, mm -hmm. I. I <laughs> here's the thing, and I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just more about. I'm just really disgusted with the way they've played. I, I'm disgusted with the fact that they just rolled over and said, this is, it's, it's over. We don't have anything to play for. And it just, they gave up. They gave up on themselves and they gave up on the fans. And regardless of the fact that you're out of it, you still should, you know, have effort and try and play hard. And it's just unfortunate the way that 
they just showed maybe their true colors. I don't know. And, and I think it's a lack of respect for the organization and the manager, you know, Miguel Cairo, whether it's Cairo or whether it's you're, you're playing for Tony La Russa and that's how you really feel about him. Regardless, you, you didn't play for yourself or your teammates and, and what a way to, you know, maybe end a career for a Jose Abreu. That's how you feel about that guy, the guy that you want back. This is how you're going to show, you know, how you want to play for him. It, I, you know, they've gotten as much of my attention as, as they deserve. Let's just mm. put it that way. A guy that it doesn't feel like it, like they've given up is Elvis Andrews. Uh, yeah. He has been continuing to hit. Uh, had a great series uh, in San Diego. Uh, had a couple home runs. Uh, he, you know, definitely he wants to come back. Uh, he's willing to change positions, and I feel like the Sox now have to really look at him and say, "Wow, you've got some pop in your bat. Uh, can you can you bring that for a whole season?" Uh, can you continue that next year? And and what's it going to take? I, th- there's a lot of questions in the off season uh, that need to be answered, uh, infield, outfield, and beyond. Um, yeah, if I wasn't, uh, you know, if I wasn't committed uh, to the lock- lockdown White Sox and having to give a daily podcast, um, I wouldn't be following it as closely. I mean, I watched you know every single inning of that eight game losing streak um, and and consumed as much as possible uh, during this past weekend. Obviously, weekends you know difficult. Got the five month old you know running around seeing family, this that and the other. Uh, but you know, I, I did watch a lot of it. And you know, Friday was exciting uh, against what they did against uh, U Darvish, uh, and, and of course Lance Lynn had a great outing on Sunday and. Uh, they did enough to to knock off the uh, the playoff bound Padres, but you know I, I think you're right. It just to an average fan, and I ran into one in a gathering on Saturday. You know, I was talking to a guy, n- never met him before, started talking sports. He, you know, he claimed to be a Sox fan, and he just said after that game one against Cleveland, um, he, he and they lost, and he was like that's it. You know, I stopped, I stopped watching, you know, I'll check in on the score and um, you know, any happenings or, you know, some of the box score stuff, but I'm not watching the games anymore. And I, I'm not wired like that. I've tried to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I've been, I've been with it consistently and it's been bad. There's been some bad baseball, lifeless baseball, but um, you know, here we have socks one game under 500 can they, I mean, it'd be just pathetic if they finished under 500, but really, does it even matter where, where they're at record-wise, if they're in third place, second place? Change needs to happen, and it sure sounds like it is going to happen. Bob Nightingale uh, from USA Today came out with uh, an article with a statement over the weekend uh, that on Monday, you know, again, we're just anticipating this happening. We're assuming this is going to happen because it's coming from the whisperer, the White Sox whisperer, Bob Nightingale. Tony LaRusa himself is going to announce uh, his retirement. So, uh, was that shocking, Pat? You know, to hear that? I, I don't know that it was uh, necessarily shocking. I guess it's a little, maybe a little odd on the timing. Why not just wait another, you know, three or four days and, and let the season come to a close before you announce your retirement? But uh, I don't know why you do it on a Monday. Not, not really sure what the reasoning is on that. I, I was more interested, first of all, uh, I, coming from Bob Nightingale, you know it's true. 
Okay. Mm. No matter what our friend NWI Steve says about Bob Nightingale, if it's about <laughs> a socks Steve. thing, I love yeah, Steve. I love you too, Steve. God bless you. Don't <laughs> don't come knocking on my head or say anything like. But if it's coming from, if it's about the White Sox and Bob Nightingale, it's it's probably hashtag confirmed. It's happening. I just was curious. I'm more curious about what Tony's going to say. You know, if you were the the speechwriter for his statement, uh, how do you think his his comments will be? Uh, you know, addressing his retirement. Well, I think it's going to be um, thanking the organization, a lot of thanking uh, Reinsdorf. And uh, he, it's going to be, I wish I could finish what I started, uh, but my health, you know, my mm-hmm. family, my health, uh, the toll that this season has taken on me and not performing the way, you know, we were supposed to perform. I think it's going to come back to health. And, you know, that way it's going to be very difficult to, to bury him, you know, like to really, you know, really dump on him because this, Hey, health is important, you know, and if he's got something serious going on with, you know, whatever the, the, the pacemaker is heart, uh, what have you, like, I wish him nothing but the best health, you know, gosh, mm-hmm. hopefully he, you know, can enjoy his family for many, many, many years. And if he still wants to be in baseball in some capacity, I, I, the rumors are he's not going to go up into the front office and, and hold some kind of, you know, just position. But I think your your speech, your announcement is just going to be, you know, I want it to. The, the, the yeah. fire is still there, but, uh, you know, doctors and, and consulting with family, like, it's just not the smart route. Do you think he'll have anything to say? Like, there were moments where I, I'd wish I'd like to have back. And there were there were times when I felt like, you know, maybe the game has passed me by. Do you think there's any discussion or anything like that taking a little bit of, you know, ownership on things that he screwed up? Or mm. is it just, you know, I, I wish it would have played out. I really, you know, it's not the way I envisioned it going. I wanted to go out on top and right off in the sunset and, the you know, the organization I started in, yada, yada, yada. Do you think there's any part of that statement or any of that conversation where it's like, you know, there, there were times where I felt like I just couldn't keep up. I just couldn't, I I, I felt like I lost my fastball for lack of a better term. I don't think so. I, I I don't think you're going to get that from him. I think it's going to be focused on health. I I think that he will be apologetic to Reinsdorf and, and maybe even to the fans of, you know, I, I, I wanted this to go differently. You know, I wanted to, to bring back a world championship and, but I don't think he's going to go that route. Uh, who who will be up there with him? Will it be just him and Rick? Will it be the, the, uh, the whole entire brain trust with Kenny and Jerry? Uh, who do you think is usually these types of things? It's not just, you know, it's not just the manager or whoever's really making the address. Usually there's other folks up there. I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to be in camera, like sitting no. at the table with a microphone that like they're also going to field questions. I don't know. I th- that, that'll probably happen at a different time. You know, this is, uh, of course, uh, you know, the sacks are coming back from the ro- from a road trip. And usually when that happens, the first game, Han is available to the media. And I, I'm just sp- assuming Maybe they try to get it done all in one, you know, like Han's also going to talk, but mm. I, I, I don't at all assume, uh, think Jerry Reinsdorf is going to be there. He should be there. Jerry Reinsdorf should be giving a statement 
uh, he should be, you know, on microphone uh, explaining and taking questions of what was his rationale? What was he thinking? Why did he think that Tony La Russa, yet in his situation uh, in the fall of 2020, was the right fit for where this team was was headed? Like he mm-hmm. should be. He should be the one that has to answer all the difficult questions. It, it'll never happen. You know that's just a dream. Um, but I think you know Han will try to spin it, and you know like he did when he was initially hired, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if if we're led to believe the. Uh, all the reports, you know, that have come out since that Han wanted AJ Hinch uh, as as the next manager, and we know that uh, Larusa was forced down our throats. This was a decision made by Reinsdorf, and Reinsdorf should have to answer. You know, like as Ryan, like when's the last time Reinsdorf made public statements? You know, addressing fans, it, it just really irks me. Yeah, I, he very rarely does anything other if it's not like an organized interview where it's very. Uh, controlled situation, right? A one-on-one interview that can be edited. And I'm sure that there's, you know, a list of questions, to, you know, stay away from this type of thing. Don't ask me this. And, and, and probably on his, you know, terms in terms of his channels that he controls, right? Uh, uh, NBC sports, you know, channel, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you're right. You're not going to see him talk or, or hear from him at all. And it'll be interesting to see how much he really has involved in the next hire. If this is truly going to be um, a, a managerial search, I, I'm hoping it's like the movie, movie, the fugitive, right? They're ch- checking out every hen house, outhouse, dog house and penthouse <laughs> in the tri-county area. Uh, well, there's a Chicago connection there. Um, yeah. I, uh, I thought maybe you're going to go the route of like Han is the fugitive. He's trying to leave. He's trying to get out of Chicago. He doesn't want to be the GM anymore. And Reinsdorf is, is Tommy Lee Jones, just hunting him down. Like, oh man. No, no, no. You're coming back here. You're not leaving. You know, the, you're not leaving this fun filled family Christmas. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is uh that you hit a you hit an interesting point there. Do you think okay who who's making this next decision? You know, is Jerry Reinsdorf making this next managerial decision? Is he giving Han the ability to do it? And with like the lack of moves that Han has made over the last couple of years, the real clunkers, do you even trust mm-hmm. Han to make the right make decision? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because there have been times, Nick, and don't forget that that Rick Hahn has won the offseason. Oh, there's sure. been a couple. Yeah. There's been times where, and not just you know, praised by local media. He's been praised by people outside of the organization in baseball. Look at what Rick Hahn has done. Look at this. What look what Rick Hahn. And this is this is even pre like you know rebuild and tear down type stuff. And and it's easy to trade off guys like a Chris Sale, your best players, and get a, a boatload back and try and turn those into things. And, and those are the easy things to do. It's surprising what he's done recently. Like you said, the this past offseason and the trade deadline included, you, you look at that body of work. I mean, there's a lot of GMs that are going to get fired for that mm-hmm. as part of their resume. You can look at some things that he's done well, and he's done some things well. That's, you know, right. He hasn't been a complete, you know, bust in terms of a general manager. But the, the in the last calendar year, what he has done with this organization is like a fireable offense. Oh, yeah. You, you, you And you've documented many times, anytime Diekman comes in, 
It's like, this was the guy that we got at, at the trade deadline. And yeah. you look back at the lack of, um, you know, sense of urgency in terms of before the lockout, when every other, well, not every other team, a lot of organizations are going out there and getting things done early. This team sat back on their hands. And, you know, one of the teams is the Texas Rangers. Now, where are the Texas Rangers going? Nowhere. But the Rangers aren't, weren't a ready to win and a, you know, top four in terms of winning the World Series odds type of team. This is a team that was, you know, supposedly built to win and you push your chips in on a move here or move there and just put yourself over the top. And they decided not to do that, which is which is disturbing. So th that's where I think uh, Reinsdorf said, you know, just a conspiracy theory here. Um, and it's not a terrible stretch, but uh, Reinsdorf said to Han, let me do this. Let me make this move and put Larusa in play. You're going to be safe. Cause this is on me. If this doesn't work out, you know, I'm going to go over your head. I'm going to do this. I have this much faith in this. I want this to happen. I need this to happen just for some peace in my life. And if it doesn't go right, I'm going to let you then take back, take over and, and finish this the way you want. That, that could maybe have been how the conversation went uh, a couple of years ago. I don't know. Yeah. But why, why though, does that, you know, handcuff Rick Honda make a move though? you know, the making the manager or not making the manner decision does, does he then just say, well, th that was enough. Does Jerry tell him the manager should have been enough to get this team over the top. You don't have to make a bunch of more moves. Do you think that's the conversation? They're part of it. I, I think there is a, there's a financial constraint in a way. Um, and I, there's a lot of things that I think he can't do financially Han and this goes back like a while like I'm talking Manny Machado like speaking of the San Diego series I'm talking about that mm -hmm. uh, but there are things where it's like here's your money do what you will with it and it's gone horribly wrong yeah. you know uh, uh, the Joe Kelly thing the you know how the Lurie Garcia money was was you like that 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 some of that was just and that's just recent just like mm -hmm. recent stuff um, no good, uh, especially with where this team was and what it needed uh, to address, yeah. uh, you know, to, to put a competitive team, more than a competitive, a championship team together. So, I mean, I, now I'm starting to think like uh, highlights of, of the La Russa tenure, you know, I guess the 2.0. And there, there aren't many. It, it was it's the division championship of 2021, you know, winning yep. 93 games. And we, you and I gave Larusa a lot of credit last season when there were injuries left and right. There were problems with, you know, the pitching staff and he would like something was going on where like he was able, we thought able to manage this team to stay afloat until Robert came back and Aloy yeah. came back and, and, and everybody was clicking on all cylinders. Uh, we definitely had to had say, Hey, look, if you're going to, if you're going to beat down the manager, you got to praise the manager when, when things are going right. And somehow things seem to be positive. Yeah. Um, the, this year, it just like, it just seemed like the moves that he was making, the in-game decisions that were happening and the love for just for example, Lur the legend Lurie Garcia it all just compounded into just, and yeah. then you got to factor in obviously injuries and players not playing well and, you know, poor defense base running a bunch of stuff, but 
the moves that Larusa was making this season did not help what was already going on. Yeah, and and not to mention that I don't think this team nor the manager maybe was expecting the fight they got from from Cleveland this year. I don't. Th- I think they got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. I think yeah. they thought it, it doesn't really matter if I you know walk a guy on two strikes a couple times this season or you know, bat Leary Garcia and lead off. It doesn't really matter because eventually the cream will rise to the, to the top is what they thought. And, and we're going to win this division probably pretty handily again. And you got punched in the mouth repeatedly and you couldn't get yourself off the mat or you didn't want to, you just got you, beat down enough. And it's like the heck with this, you, you got beat and, and you got beat early and you didn't know how to pivot. You mm-hmm. didn't know how to respond and and change your approach. Uh, you kind of stuck with the same approach. Yeah, and that is that is what you know. We're going to start talking about future managers. That's something that it's it got to be a, a very difficult quality to define. Um, but you know, maybe it can be vetted in an interview process of you know how you can change. Uh, and and what your philosophy is in season, you yeah. know, when you've got this approach and it, and you're realizing that uh, teams are attacking you in a different way. Like, how do you change? How do you make that change? And how do you get people to follow you? You know, like, like a general almost uh, in, in a war, like I, this is how we were going to approach the enemy that is going out the window. So we are not going to just continue to march this way. We yeah. are going to, we are going to have to re-strategize. And how do I get folks to buy into my new plan? Uh, because this was the plan I've been preaching since February. It's now July. How can we uh, change course? Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of negatives and depending on who you talk to Pat though, also, there's going to, there's a lot of bummed out people that Tony LaRusse is no longer going to be the manager of the White Sox. Who, who there are, you, there are, do you not know people that are, are, are big Tony LaRusse fans? I, I don't know any, but I don't know many people. I mean, you, you're about it. <laughs> there are, there are, you're people, my circle. There are people that will defend, uh, LaRusse. Uh, I, I think there are folks that, you know, uh, feel like it was more of the players quit on him. Um, you know, it, again, it's it's like politics. You know, you got your candidates and you can kind of draw a line. And it's like you got your your folks that will uh, follow LaRusa forever. They'll die on that hill and they're going to be upset. They are going to be bummed that he's no longer the manager. But uh, Sachs will be looking for their fourth manager in eight seasons, um, you know, when this announcement which we're assuming goes through on Monday. Uh, Bob Nightingale's article highlighted a few of the names, and there are so many others that Paul Sullivan wrote about from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, if you haven't heard the names, which I'm sure you have, folks, uh, here, here they are from uh, Bob Nightingale. Uh, you've got Bruce Bochy, Mike Schilt, Joe Espada, George Lombard, Carlos Beltran. Uh, those were his names in the article, Pat. Uh, thoughts on any, on none, on, you know, uh, do, does any, do any of those get, ex- you really, you know, move the needle for you? Well, you know, the founder of Lombard is, you know, <laughs> really intriguing there. Um, George Lombard, never heard yeah. of him. Um, 
I, again, I don't, you don't need to tell me, I don't need to have a guy that necessarily Do you need a is, name. You need, like I don't a, know you, that. I don't know that I necessarily need a name. That's where I was going. Okay. I, I don't know that I necessarily need a name. I need to know that uh, this isn't just, I, I, I just can't have another Robert Ventura. Okay. Mm. So as long as it's not that, or a Terry Bevington, can I, can I just have a guy that goes out there and we, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use a, a term that's been used on the radio a lot. And, and they've been talking a lot about this, this past couple of weeks about Justin Fields and Justin Fields, you got to hit your, your layups to use a basketball term. So now I'm using a basketball term to talk mm. about a football term to relate Excellent. to a, to a, a managerial search. But what I mean by that is, you know, if you're going and you're driving to the lane, you, you got to make your layup, right? It's an, it's a high percentage shot. You can't miss that one. They're talking about that with Justin Fields. You got an easy throw there that the guy's open. You got to make those throws. You can't be indecisive and, you know, or be inaccurate. This is what I mean in the same vein in terms of my manager. Hit your layups. Don't overthink things that don't need to be overthought. And get your team in a right frame of mind and have them playing with intensity, the right amount of intensity, the majority, if not the entire season. I know you're not going to get it out of them for 162 games. You're going to have days where, you know, guys kind of mentally take a day off. It's going to happen in a long season, but you've got to find a way to get them back on track again and get them going in the right direction and not coach them to be lax and relax and just say, everything's going to be fine tomorrow and we'll get them again tomorrow. I need some sense of urgency and purpose from the word go. And I need to know that I've got a guy that is going to make the right call and don't overthink things. Right. Yeah. When every, when there's 30,000 people in the stands that are, that can make the right call and you go the other way and it does, and it blows up in your face. Cause you try and be smarter than everybody else in the room that I, I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't need sleepy Robin Ventura, you know, having to be woken up in the dugout to make a move. I just need to know that this is a good baseball mind and it can be a completely analytical person. It can be more of a person that manages with their gut. I don't really care. I just need someone that knows the game and that can motivate people. Yeah. Miguel Cairo talked uh, just recently about whoever that next person will be, that there should be a, a focus of accountability uh, that they need to, you know, make sure the team is prepared. Stuff that I kind of think is like 101, like baseball mm-hmm. 101. Like this should have been happening at the beginning of the season. Um, and it is sad to me if that is true, where these players, this Sox team thought it was going to be a cakewalk, like they were just going to take over this division. Um, Nightingale's article, uh, you know, gives you a bit of a, uh, a feeling that this decision has to be made and it has to be made quickly and it has to be the right decision uh, because teams like the guardians are going to continue to come after you. Detroit's going to get better. You know, like no one, no one is slowing down in the AL central saying we're not going to make any moves because it's the white Sox time. It's Mm -hmm. their window. We're going to give them the floor for a little bit so they could figure their act to get uh, out. And, uh, and then we'll start making moves. No, that's not happening. Like we have to uh, really act swiftly. I wonder, you know, if some of these teams that are going to be going to the postseason, if there's going to be a problem trying to interview some of these folks that uh, are with the Astros, uh, are with maybe uh, Cleveland. I have talked about, you know, Sandy Alomar Jr. I know there's not a lot of folks that are as 
uh, hot on him, but a guy that has been around baseball for a long time, former catcher, uh, had some stints with the White Sox um, uh, at one point. And here's my thing, has been with a well-run ball club, like knows mm-hmm. what a good organization is like. Yep. And and that's, you know, I don't necessarily have a big name out there. I, I kind of know what I don't want, uh, but I, I knew I know that I need someone with experience, you know, that, that mm-hmm. really uh, has a plan and has got a has got a method, uh, but also is from a, an organization that like saw how how it's done. Like yeah. this is how a well-run uh, organization is done top to bottom and can bring that in and breathe life, hopefully. Uh, into the White Sox, if people will listen, if the front office will listen, if Jerry, Kenny, Han, and others will listen. You know, if they're not going to listen, then what's the point? Um, uh, Other names, Pat, that have been floated around, A.J. Pruszynski, Willie Harris has been advocating for himself, who's the current third base coach for the Chicago Cubs. He apparently had an interview in 2020, uh, before they hired eventually Tony Larusa, I think he might have been one of the only uh, folks interviewed. Willie Harris, of course, from the 2005 uh, White Sox team. Uh, Ozzie Guillen, Pat, he's not going away. Uh, mm. And he, Paul Sullivan talked about Ozzie Guillen uh, in, in his article in the Tribune, among a bunch of other names. And today, uh, on Sunday's pregame on NBC Sports Chicago, Chicago man, Guillen was. He was out there. I mean, he's here's his quote. Uh, he said he's the best man for the job. And quote, let me be cocky. Nobody in baseball knows this ball club better than Ozzie Guillen, end quote. Um, yeah. Now, Pat, you, you know, I'm in, like a I'm into, you know, history, presidential history. Mm-hmm. It's something that I that I have enjoyed years and years ago. Before there were uh, primaries leading up to a presidential election, you know, basically the nominee happened uh, at the convention. You know, you had the Democratic convention, the Republican convention, and you would stump for yourself. You would try to get delegates in order like, you know, you put your numbers in in my and and like there would be a lot of candidates that'd be like, oh, I don't know if I'm actually going to be running either, even though secretively they were trying to get all their ducks in a row and, mm-hmm. and get their numbers. So when the voting actually happened uh, in the convention, you know, it looked like they put up a good front. That's what I kind of see Ozzie Guillen to a certain degree. It's like, no, no, no. Um, you know, that's that that is past. But but we saw that what he said on Sunday, he yeah. wants this job. Oh, God, yeah. He wants this job mm-hmm. in the worst way. And that right there, nobody knows this ball club better than Ozzie Gann. He, he wants this gig. Wow. That would be um, I don't I don't know that I necessarily want to run it back with Ozzy. Um I, I don't also think that I would be upset. I don't know really know how I f- how I would feel about. I, I see where you're going. Back. I can see where you're you know? coming from with that. Uh, I talked about on locked on uh, White Sox last week. Like I think you have to remove yourself from Ozzy. I do want a different voice. I think he's just been too close, you know, to yeah. it. And maybe that has been the organization's fault. Maybe they shouldn't have brought him back as a color guy. Although he does an awesome job in the mm-hmm. pre and post game. Yeah. But he's been so close to the organization that he's like, he is part of it still. 
Yeah. You know, he's all part of the ball. He's been almost like an honorary manager mm -hmm. uh, for five, six years. Um, so I, I can see like you saying it'd be almost be interesting just to watch what would happen, but I would want that maybe for a different team. Like, it'd be interesting if like the yeah. Cardinals tried to bring back Tony La Russa. like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. To, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun to watch from like the, the sideline, oh, but my. not, not with my team. Like, yeah. I, I think we need a different voice. I think I, we need a different direction. I, I'm with you. And I don't, I really am not interested in a retread X player. You know, I mean, I, I love AJ Pruszynski. You know, I love what he did in the uniform for the White Sox and, and, you know, how he did it for so long and, you know, what he meant to that organization when we had, you know, the, the glory days, if you will. And Willie Harris, God bless you for scoring the only run in game four of the World Series. You know, fantastic. And I'm sure you're well qualified. I am looking for someone with a different to, to come into this organization from a different viewpoint. You brought it up before and like uh, someone from the outside that can go, I've been in other organizations. I understand how it works. And that's what I don't really like about what Ozzy said. No one knows this, this organization better than I do. I'd rather have someone come in that doesn't know this organization that can give some, you know, fundamental and, 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 you know, solid feedback and say, listen, I've been part of, of organizations that have won and I've seen success or I've mentored under, or I was a mentee under this manager. And this is the way they did took care of their business in recent years, you know, I, and, and been a part of winning organization in recent years. That's why I like the let's, I, I would go back up to the top of that list and Bruce Bochy, 67, three time world series champion. I'm not really sure that the age thing, really gets to me, but he's been away from the game for a little bit. Only a couple I, years. It, I think he's, 2019 was his last year. Probably the most decorated person on this list. Um, you could sell me on that. I, I could see like, okay, tell me what you did with San Francisco. That's had a lot of success over the past, you know, decade, right? Bring that, bring that here. Can you bring that here? But that'll probably be the most expensive candidate, right? And that's yeah. not the way we usually go with these things. Do you think um, like being bilingual, being able to relate uh, to players, like celebrate the, the new age baseball, the fun, the bat flipping. Mm -hmm. That was what we were talking about uh, two years ago with, Oh, is Tony going to allow people to have fun? Like the, the swagger stuff, you know, how is he going to relate to these guys like Jimenez and Robert and Anderson and, uh, you know, I, obviously the, the bilingual thing is, is very important. Um, I, what are your, th I mean, do you think like that is a, those are musts? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it helps. Right. And, and this team has had a long history of, you know, a lot of fantastic Cuban players have come from, through this organization. Venezuelan players have played through this organization. We've got, you know, players right now that are more comfortable speaking Spanish. I think that helps. That's why I think maybe the Carlos Beltran. Right. That 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 seems to be an interesting one there because, you know, he's probably can relate more to this this day and age in terms of player and obviously was very heavily touted before he got let go from the Mets because of the scandal with the Astros beforehand. So that one intrigues me a little bit more. Everybody else in the middle of Mike Schilt, not interested in Mike Schilt at all. Uh, and the other two guys, I don't even know who they are. So I need something with a little cachet. Right. Okay. I need, I, I, so maybe even before when I said I don't need a name, 
I don't necessarily need a name, but I feel those I feel more comfortable with, right? Those two it's, guys there, and, yeah. and the, the ex players, I I don't I just don't here are the um, here are some from Paul Sullivan's article. He mentioned several that uh, uh, Bob Nightingale hit on uh, Miguel Cairo. So let's not forget about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Getz, uh, Joe Girardi, AJ Hinch, Hinch trying to pry him away from Detroit. Ethan Katz and Jim Tomey. <laughs> these are these, these are Paul Sullivan's suggestions. I don't think he's he's necessarily hearing these as real candidates. Uh, how do you get his... AJ Hinge? Like, do you just knock on the tires or hey, this was the guy we really wanted? Uh, it's like it's like almost like your neighbor that got your mail by mistake. Like, hey, I, I noticed that you have some of my mail. I don't know. Does Detroit like release him from his contract or something? I, I don't know. I, I feel like that one was, uh, and I don't, the Joe Girardi thing. I'm, I, well, I that's it. It's interesting because I mean, I don't know that this would happen, but you know, now the Tigers have a new general manager, right? They just fired their general manager. This obviously AJ Hinch is not the, uh, the current general manager's hire. Cause I think they mm-hmm. hired somebody yeah. if memory serves. So, uh, that's interesting. Joe Girardi, again, a name, a guy that's had success, but he seems to rub people the wrong way. I, I don't, I think that he'd be good in terms of getting the team focused and playing with intensity and, and would manage the team properly. I don't think there'd be a lot that we go with Joe Girardi and go, I can't believe that Joe just made this move. I just think he's kind of a red ass and, and would just yeah, he, he seems to find his way out of organizations, right? Yeah, I, I just, yeah, that does nothing for me. Ethan Katz, no, I, I, I like you where you're at. Uh, Miguel Cairo, I think he's he's auditioning for managerial jobs. I really do. I think mm-hmm. what's one of the reasons why he's so disappointed with the way the Sox have played the last couple of weeks is he saw, man, uh, the way they were playing, 13 and 6, whatever it was, this is my ticket to a big league club, whether it's with the White Sox or or somewhere else. Um, Jim Tomey, <laughs> that name, I don't know what Paul Sullivan's thinking, and I don't, I don't ever know what he's really thinking with some of his articles, but Jim Tomey, no thank you. Um, yeah. White Sox legend, I'm sorry, uh, Jim Tomey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, you keep being your ambassador or whatever you're doing. Um, I, I, I think not. Um, I, I'm not name driven either. Um, you know, Joe Espada uh, was a New York Yankees bench coach, a third base coach, current Astros uh, bench coach since 2018. So when I talk about you know, an organization that like, you know, has got winning culture and knows what they're doing, the Astros thing, you know, hits people in a different way. You know, there's mm-hmm. some folks that are like, well, the last couple of years it's been done clean and they're continuing to win, but they're winning with some guys that, that obviously cheated. And do you trust anybody from the Astros organization? Did they pay their their time? Is that what baseball is? It's, this has been going on for decades and decades. It's just now the Astros finally got caught doing it the way mm-hmm. they were doing it. I don't know. I, I mean, if you listen to some people that are in the know, they would say uh, Jerry Reinsdorf was never going to bring A.J. Hinch in anyways because of what he did to the game and, and the scandal and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's true. So then do you bring Carlos Beltran in? Is he, is he a real, do you get behind that? And do you support that? Uh, at this point, Nick, I mean, that the, the, the scandal and the cheating with the Astros, 
I mean, that's, that's almost ancient, ancient history. It feels like to me. And I really don't care. Just do you, can you manage the team again? Do you check all the boxes I had mentioned before? You, you can't I want cheat. it more. I want it more than can you just manage the team? I hope that's yeah, well. Well, the last <laughs> manager show up on the time? last manager couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't stay awake. He didn't know how to <laughs> put a lineup out there. He didn't know the rules of the game, Nick. So yeah. listen, yeah, that's is it. Uh, that's quite true. simply, do you know yeah. how the do you know the rules? Let's, <laughs> let's start there. So you let's let's role play, Nick. You're yeah, you're interviewing sure. for the show, uh-huh. uh, Nick. It's uh, great to have you. Do you are you, do you understand the rules of the game of baseball? <laughs> yeah, I, I read through the the manual. I'm 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 well I'm well versed. All the okay. New are rules. are yeah. you aware of a gentleman named Leary Garcia? <laughs> I love, I love Lurie Garcia. Oh, oh right. no. Oh, uh, oh no. Well, you know, yes, the nice secretary will be oh. seeing you out. <laughs> so that's, that's how yeah. the interview goes. Gotcha. For me. Um, yeah. It's uh, I, what, do you bring anybody back from the coaching staff? Do, do you say to the new manager, we really like these guys. Like I wish yeah. you would give these guys a chance uh, or do you let them just clean house? I would let them clean house. I would like, I would like the new manager to bring in the guys that he wants to bring in. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the hitting coach and, and, you know, how bad this team yeah. has been under, under his Manichino, Manichino, you, yeah. you know, with, with his direction. So obviously he should go regardless. But even Ethan Katz, I mean, it's not like to me, it's not like Ethan Katz has done anything that I'm just blown away by, right? I, honestly, I like what Cease Dylan has Cease. done. I mean, but, I, but what have you done with Giolito? Giolito's supposed to be your, your your you know Padawan learner, and and he's gone the wrong way. My thing with Giolito, and I know we'll probably get into this, you know, in the off season when we start breaking down, you know, um, you know, just specific players and, and what went horribly wrong. That seemed like an individual choice. Like Giolito bulked up. I don't know who gave him the green light to do that. And he bulked up in a way that I don't think was going to be very productive to his mechanics. Mm-hmm. And he saw the injury or he, you know, he felt the injuries. Those, those piled up and he couldn't get back on track. And maybe Katz was like, I don't know what you did in the off season. I don't know. Yeah. Cause they, I, we couldn't talk to each other because the lockout or what have you. I don't know how to fix this right now. We'll try, but you and I are going to be working on this in the off season. You know, that's just, uh, I get, I get what you're saying. There's a lot of folks that I talk to. that are like, you know what? Let cats walk. I mean, he's really Mm -hmm. done nothing. Um, And I I would have Boston and McEwing shipped off somewhere as well. But Boston is, he's a, he's an organizational guy. You know, Jerry yeah. keeps him around, um, yeah. former player. It's just, it, that that's where things run deep. It's like, how yeah. much change will the new manager actually be able to make? Yeah, I know it's there. Boston is, is kind of like as much of a fixture as the statues are out in, in center field. It's like, yeah. you just, that they're part of the, they're part of guaranteed rate. You know, it's like the, <laughs> if you're coming here, those are the guys that are going to be at. So that's where I, I, I think like, um, if it's a Jerry guy, if it's an organizational guy, if it's a Pierzynski, if it is an Ozzykian again, then they're going to probably be told, okay, these are the folks that are untouchable. Okay. The, the, uh, these other changes you can make on your staff, but these guys stay, yeah. you know, because then they can control that manager. Yeah. If they bring in a wild card, you know, and they truly bring an outsider, 
that is going to buck the system. They don't know what to expect. And I yeah. think that's that's the, been a problem with Reinsdorf is he needs to have control over the situation. They have to be people that fall in line. And that, I, I don't know if you're going to get a true outside candidate. And that's where you'd go as you'd hope someone would be sane. And, and you'd say, Jerry, how's that working out for you? Yeah. How's that worked out for you over the past 20 years? I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares at all. I, he, you think he really cares about what the fans think and if they're warm and fuzzy and they have good experiences and not at all. I, I don't. I'm sorry. Maybe that's just the, the cynical way of, of me these days. But I think he is like, you know what? If, we, if we've got things going in the right direction, I, I will spend this amount of money. Let's try to do the best we can. I, a winning product is good for my pocketbook. Uh, yeah. But, you know, in terms of what the fans want and if they're feeling good, I don't care. Maybe we get a maybe we get an early Christmas gift. And tomorrow, not only is Tony La Russa, you know, retiring, maybe Jerry announces the sale of the team. Hey, it, it could come in bunches. I mean, when when Ricky left uh, and that was a shock when Ricky was gone and they also can Don Cooper in, in this, in the same, you know, moment. So mm -hmm. you, you might get something like that. I, I, <laughs> I say it like it actually can happen. I, I, sometimes I try to like talk things into existence. Like, yeah, yeah. he might be selling the team tomorrow. Maybe that it is. is never Maybe they'll happen. go out together and they'll just get in the car and drive to Arizona. <laughs> And then they'll turn it into some sort of docu-series on like Hulu, you know, um, <laughs> that would be something else. Uh, oh. No, I, I'm curious, man. I really am curious about this, how much of a, a press conference it will be, if it's just going to be a statement, who's going to be involved and uh, how quickly, you know, and how transparent this process actually is. Uh, yeah. And again, follow Bob Nightingale. He's the one yeah. that's going to be, you know, you're, you're probably your best bet in terms of rumors that are going on. I've learned my lesson. I will listen to Bob. And when it comes to it's white, sad, Sox. isn't it though, Pat, like some of the local guys like that are, are plugged into the white socks that are, are, are the voice of the socks in yeah. a lot of ways, guys like James Fegan that we've talked to several times, you know, they, they don't get an ounce. It's like the scraps and, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, this information gets pumped to John Heyman out in New York and Bob Nightingale. Like yeah. it, it just is bizarre how this yeah. works. It really yeah. is. I, I've learned not to listen to Hector Gomez. Mm -hmm. That's that's one you you stay away from. If it's Hector Gomez, go the other way. If it's Bob Nightingale, there's there there's the information that's real. Pat, um, again, it's going to be an eventful off season. You and I, uh, there there is no off season for good guys talk back. We will be at it fairly regularly, especially when big news breaks. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, uh, pass it along to other uh, folks in your life, especially Sox fans. Uh, find us on social media, and, and we've got this YouTube channel here. We're, we're finally up to the to the times in a way. Uh, wow, we're, yeah, we're we're big time now. Yeah, we're oh, going to sure. be kind of like a, a newlywed couple, just at it regularly. This can be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so Pat, <laughs> um, we really should get back in person. We should do some. Um, we should do some maybe some live events. Uh, oh next yeah, year, next season. Yeah, let's. Let's do that. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun off season. We got a lot to discuss, I'm sure. And this team, if nothing else, always gives us something to talk about, Nick.
Yeah, there's never a dull moment. Uh, always a pleasure, buddy, talking yep, White Sack yep. with you, my friend. Let's do it again next week, and we'll be talking end of the year with three to go. Yep. Uh, let's try and finish 81 and 81. Why not? Well, that would, boy, that would be real sweet. Uh, real <laughs> sweet, like like we all expected. Uh, f- folks, thank you so very much uh, for joining us once again. Good Guys Talk Back, fan-centric, local Chicago White Sox podcast. Find us everywhere. Uh, we're on Twitter, at TV. We've got a Facebook fan page. And, of course, as you heard, uh, we've got a YouTube channel. Uh, just search Good Guys Talk Back. For Pat Hester, I am Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.